Hey, it's Greg, and this is Auto Sausage, where we grind bits of automotive awesomeness into a brief but satisfying podcast about cars. So, on today's show, Line 22, that was mentioned on Spike's Car Radio this week, and that is from Jerry Seinfeld's lawsuit, in a tale of two Allards. If you checked out my Instagram page, you would have seen I said three Allards. Well, it turns out that was a mistake. So, be sure to check out my Instagram pictures, as I mentioned before from this podcast at auto sausage and all the links mentioned are in the show notes which can be found at learnfromothers.org underneath the auto sausage tab so let's get started with jerry seinfeld's lawsuit i won't go into details it's result from 19 i'm sorry 2016 auction at amelia island uh a speedster there you can go back to the previous two podcasts to listen to a little bit more in detail what was interesting about this week is that Spike on Spike's Car Radio mentioned line item 22 and how that would be interesting to see what actually happens. So here is line item 22. On information and belief, Spike Ferriston, I think I'm saying Spike's name correctly there, the host of the television car show, actually that's not correct, he used to have a television car show, now it's a podcast, attended the auction and spoke about the automobiles of Mr. Seinfeld's collection to be sold at auction at Mr. Seinfeld's invitation. The New York Times reported Mr. Ferriston attended as a Porsche enthusiast and as a friend of two Mr. Seinfeld. Jerry has been generous enough to let me drive an awful lot of his collection, Mr. Ferriston said, before finding himself unable to resist making a Seinfeld illusion. And I can tell you, they're real and they're spectacular. So if you don't know where that comes from, that's from an episode of Seinfeld, Spike used to write for Seinfeld. He was responsible for the Soup Nazi episode. I don't know if he was responsible for this episode or not, but this episode was called The Implants. The Implant. And Terry Hatcher played Seinfeld's girlfriend. And the whole episode was about whether or not she had implants or not. And the big line at the end was, they're real and they're spectacular. And so it was, Spike used it to reference the quality of Jerry's Porsches. So I don't know why he's in the mention of the lawsuit filing because Spike seems like a great guy and knows a lot about Porsches, but he's not a registered expert. So I don't know exactly why, why he's not in there. It is of note they didn't use his real name, which apparently is Michael. So a couple things that are interesting about this lawsuit, I noticed some a little bit about the timing of it. So the Gooding auction was held on March 11th, 2016. A year later... The people who bought it under the company name Frica Frio, Fica Frio, asked Lee Max Page, the managing director of one of the world's foremost historical Porsche dealers, to prepare a proposal for potential sale. So I don't know that they necessarily bought it to flip it, but they did. They were looking to sell it a year later, and at that point, uh, Max Page felt uncomfortable representing it as as stated and uh, apparently they found something that was a little bit weird and so between mid-february 2018 through april 2018 so you're two years after the car was purchased purchased fica frio had discussions with the auction company gooding and trying to work work around or figure out the authentic authenticity of the car and they found that it wasn't authentic as well and so they reached out to Mr. Seinfeld, and on June 21st of 2018, Jerry Seinfeld telephoned 
the representative and basically said, hey, we'll make you whole. Um, sorry about this. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, offer my apologies for this nuisance and assure you that you will be completely indemnified in full and not have to keep the car and get all of your money back. And a uh, nice thing, I did not want to apologize. I did want to apologize to you personally for that happening. So it seems like Jerry's doing all the right stuff. We'll give you your money back. And if you go a little bit further in the lawsuit, um, in the voicemail, hereby known as the voicemail, Mr. Seinfeld also stated that he would also love to know how your guys figured it out because I find that to be interesting because that's impressive. My guys did not, I guess, see anything amiss with the car when I bought it. And I think, so Jerry offered to give all the money back, including shipping, fees, whatever. And I think some of the key verbiage as to why it became a lawsuit is line item 34. So FICA Frio hereby offers again to resend the vehicle sale and to return the vehicle to Mr. Seinfeld in exchange for the return of FICA Frio's purchase price. And I guess the key thing here is and cost incurred by FICA Frio as resulting purchasing the vehicle. So when you look at the number of claims, I don't think it's just the price of the car, the auction fees, the transportation fees. They seem to want a lot more. So there's five claims. The first claim for negligent misrepresentation. The second claim for, un for intentional misrepresentation. Third claim is for mutual mistake. The fourth claim is for breach of oral agreement, which would be the voicemail message. And the fifth claim for breach of expressed warranty. So I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to waste your time acting like I understand all of this. But I think the reason it went to lawsuit status is because they came back winning a lot more than uh, just the auction fees, transportation fees, maybe even some storage fees. Seems like they want a lot more than that. So we will see where this goes. So the next thing I want to talk about is a tale of two Allards. Like I mentioned before, I thought it was three. But it turns out that two different Allards ended up being the same Allard. So uh, a year and a half ago or so, I sold my 66 Mustang on Bring a Trailer. It was a good process. It should have brought more. And I'm sure every person who sells something on Bring a Trailer feels like it should have brought more. So I was looking for my next ride, and I'm all over the place. If you're familiar with Cincinnati, uh, the Enthusiast Auto Group, Eric Keller's place that does amazing BMWs. Um, they're nationally known now. I will have an interview with him coming up soon on Learn From Others, my regular podcast, to hear more about his career journey. Uh, one of the cars I was looking at his dealership was a 1977 BMW Mini, not a BMW Mini, a Mini that was gorgeous, silver, unrestored, mint condition, and I want to say it had 11,000 miles on it, $31,000. A couple of other cars I was looking around for was a Porsche 911. I found one in a storage unit, 1983 silver convertible hoping that the owner would sell it ended up not selling it i was looking for a 996 which is what i ended up buying i also wanted to looking at old fjs uh, i was looking at 1960s big cruising convertibles and also uh 89 86 to 89 mercedes specifically a 560 sl so i was all over the board and when i was visiting up in michigan in grand rapids i dropped by GR Auto Gallery. If you're ever up in Grand Rapids, it's near the airport. Great dealership. Most of them are on consignment, I believe, but they have a ton of cars. So this was a while ago, and while I'm walking around with my dad, I stumbled across a 1948 Allard, and I love Allards. If you don't know about Allards, they're like the precursor to the AC Cobra. It's a British body, British everything except the engines, usually a Ford 
or a Cadillac V8, really cool car. Uh, they drive like trucks. They're really small, but they're gorgeous looking. So go to my Instagram feed to see these pictures. So as I'm walking around, I just happened to see this Allard, and I didn't know much about them. Fell in love with it. So I did some research. It wasn't for sale yet. It was being prepped for sale. And so as I did my research, I found out that that exact car was actually sold in 2015 at the RM auction, and it sold for around 48 grand. And so all in, it was about 53 grand is what the owner paid for it. And apparently the owner passed away, and now his children were selling the car. So they put it up for consignment. So here I am thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I know they got 53 in it. That's a lot of money. How about I make them an offer before it's even on the market? So I start doing some math and trying to figure some things out. A couple weeks later, uh, oh, just so you know, the, the valuation on these cars in concourse condition is about 100 grand, in excellent condition, 67 grand, and in good condition, 48 grand. So I would say this car was in good condition. So, you know, the guy paid paid for uh, basically what it was worth. So I call him up a couple weeks later, car's still for sale, haven't had a chance to drive it or anything. And I thought, I'm going to be real wise. I'm going to put a nice, not a low ball offer, but a fair, decent offer based on what they bought it for. And so I call them up and I start talking about the car. And that before I can even make an offer, they said, okay, we're actually about to list it. And the listing price is $96,000. <laughs> so I was way off. I didn't even make my offer because it would have been embarrassing at that point. So it seemed like the family was really going all in on this car. It's not a concourse car, but it's a really, really cool car. So I'll get back to that car again in a second because it is still active. Not me buying it, but that car is still actively on the market and some interesting things have happened since then. So after that, I'm talking to a friend of mine, who uh, older gentleman who has some 1990, late 80s uh, Mercedes. And he has a really nice 1986 black 500 SL convertible mint condition. And I just, you know, start talking to him. Say, hey, are you interested in selling that car? And anyways, we start talking. He talks about the shop that he gets it fixed at. It's in a bad part of the neighborhood. But he's been getting it fixed there for years. It's a great car, all this kind of stuff. So before I could actually figure out exactly a price that we could land on, it turns out the odometer is not plugged in. And now this is a great guy. He's had it for, I want to say, 13 years or so. He told me 13 years, I haven't put more than 5,000 miles on it, and I don't doubt it at all. But not having an odometer that works, and it's a 100,000-mile car, that kind of hurts the value. So it's one of those kind of sticky situations. I don't think I really want to buy this car because it's a friend of mine. Um, I know I'll get hit on the back end whenever I try to sell it because, you know, I have to say, hey, the odometer hasn't worked for at least 5,000 miles. So anyways, during this course of time, I end up driving by the dealership or the mechanic that works on his car. And it was just by happenstance. I'm just driving it around Cincinnati and I see all these Mercedes sitting outside. So I pull in and during my conversations with him, he mentioned that where he would get his car fixed has a silver Allard in the back. So now I'm real excited about this thing. So anyways, I turned up, I, you know, stumbling across the Mercedes uh, mechanic and I know it's him because when I pull into the parking lot on a rack, there is a white Allard. I'm like, well, this is it. So if you go back on my Instagram feed, and I'll repost them, this is this barn fine Allard that I found, and this cool place. So I posted some pictures. It has a Cadillac engine in it, and apparently it was a salvaged car, salvaged title car back in like 1986. When the guy bought the building, it was in the back. So issue with the car is that I think it has a salvaged title on it. Not quite sure. 
Um, he fired it up for me. I think I even put a video of him firing up for me. And he was putting it back together, basically. But I fell in love with this car. And he mentioned he wanted to sell it, but the starting price was $100,000. And th so that's obviously way out of my price range. I think it's overpriced. And he showed me some other really cool stuff he had as well. Uh, there was some Ducati bikes that you can see some pictures on my Instagram feed. Some, like, 70s Ducati bikes. Anyways, so that that event is over. And uh, I'm not buying the car. I bought a 996, a little silver 996. Love it. Well, this week, I went up to... Uh, or, I'm sorry, a couple weeks ago. One of my favorite YouTube channels is Auto Appraise. I think his name is Jason Phillips. And he's outside of Grand Rapids. And I just happened to be looking at his YouTube channel. If you ever want to kind of check out a car and get some, you know, find out what you need to look for in a car when you go look at it, check out his auto appraised channel on YouTube. And he's probably already reviewed a car. I, I went to go look at it. I looked at about seven Corvette videos when I was looking at a 65 Corvette convertible. So anyways, turns out they have that 1948 Allard. That's at GR Auto Gallery. And he's doing a review of that exact car. And this is a couple months ago, I think back in October. Anyway, so I watched the video. He's very thorough. And it turns out it is a really nice car. There's a key, couple key few issues. One of the big issues with the car is it needs a whole new clutch. So they actually stalled the car a few times while trying to get back into GR Auto Gallery. There's some other issues. I think the uh, synchro mesh on the three-speed stick shift I don't even know if I'm using those words correctly, but there was an issue. They couldn't get it into gear. It's a couple other little things. So anyways, I went right back on to GR Auto Gallery to look at that car, see if it was still for sale, because he was doing an appraisal for a, a purchaser. And that $98,000 actually just went down to $65,000. And I don't know if it's because of that video or not, uh, but that's getting closer to a realistic price. In my mind, the realistic price is somewhere around... 52 53 around where the guy bought it back in 2015 uh, if you look at how Haggerty defines a car in good condition it's in really nice condition to get up to a number two in excellent condition it has to be almost concours with a couple issues this car had uh more than a few issues there so uh that car is now still for sale at gr auto gallery i saw it this week it was up in a lift so i couldn't really take any more detailed pictures I'm still in love with that car. I would love to have that car. I love to drive that car. It's a difficult car to drive and get around because it drives like a truck. Uh, but it is super cool. I would get that clutch fixed immediately and just run around and have fun in it. So it is still for sale. Like I said, check out uh, GR Auto Gallery. Check out Auto Appraise. All of these links are in the show note page on Learn From Others on the Auto Sausage tab. So check them out. Okay, and the third Allard, which really isn't a third Allard. So I was on Bring a Trailer this week, and there's a white uh, J2, I believe? K2. So there's a white 1952 K2, and it's a really cool-looking car. Well, it turns out it's the same one I found in that building a year ago or so. The guy wanted $100,000. So what threw me off, I'm like, wow, that looks just like it. And it has a Cadillac engine, but it looks really, really nice. So I didn't think it was the same car. And what else threw me off is it was out of Dublin, Ohio, which is up near Columbus. And this car was in Cincinnati. So I don't know if he sold it to the dealer. And then the dealer listed it. Anyways, it was bidded up to $82,500, which they should have taken the money for that car. 
a couple of things held it back. I mean, as I mentioned before, when I was talking to the guy, I thought it was a salvage car, salvage title. It said it had a clear title and it had a picture of the VIN. So maybe he was mistaken or they got it sorted out. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Uh, the other issue is people called it out and I didn't see it initially is the headlights are, are not aligned correctly or there's something weird. It's almost as if it has two different types of front fenders. So like I said, I didn't see it at first, but once they called it out in the comments, I could not not see it. And that seems to be a big issue. I mean, it almost looks like one is like a half inch higher than the other. So I don't know what quite happened to that. So that link will also be in the show note page. But yeah, it went uh, bit it up to 82.5, I believe. The seller was mentioning a number four conditions, 86.8. Uh, number three is 100. I would call it a number four condition because I saw it in person. A lot of little nicks and scratches. Everything looks better in pictures. You really have to see it in person. So in my mind, the 82.5 should have sold it, but I don't know. I'm going, to, I'm going to do a little more research. It's up in Dublin. If I pass through and I can find out the dealership where it's being held at, I'd love to see it in person. Uh, just a really, really cool car. So um, I actually had to sync up my Instagram picture from a year ago with the pictures on Bring a Trailer. It wasn't the, the what really clued me into the fact it was the same exact car is the uh, if you look at the key in the ignition it has like this green cardboard tag and it was the exact same that was in my picture so the other thing that was kind of concerning is it was listed as a 1952 k2 and if you go to Haggerty to look up pricing there was no 1952 k2 there was a 1952 k3 which is a totally different car, not nearly as good looking, doesn't have the nice sculpted fenders. So I don't know if it was a 1951 K2 that they actually rolled into 1952 production. It was a little bit confusing. It was a little confusing. So all those things, I think it should have sold. Anyways, that's it for this week. We will talk to you all next week.